0: It's Cofield and Company.
1: I like when I'm the least angry person on the show and by far, I'm exactly that.
2: It's literally the dumbest show ever made. It's the worst show I've ever seen.
1: I watched it in one sitting. I court plenty of dislike at work because I'm a lunatic and I like to compete and I like to torture coworkers.
0: It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield. On ESPN, Las Vegas.
1: we go. On a Tuesday, we start off the week here in Cofield and Company. I had yesterday off. Hopefully you did too. If not, well, hopefully Sunday was cool. Fun weekend. We'll get into it. We got NBA finals starting up today. Lots of baseball to get into. Dave Coken, DC and the Sunshine Man podcast. Dave Coken, Wager Talk is going to join us towards the end of the hour. Adam Hill is out and about doing his uh, MMA media work and He's uh, popping in with us from time to time today on Cofield and Company. Adam, what's up, buddy?
2: Not much. How are you? Big uh, big holiday weekend, Steve. Very Was exciting. It? Was it? Sure. I mean, it always is, right? It's, it's, it's fun. This is what, we're, what we live for, holidays.
1: Did you do anything?
2: No. Why not? Uh, I mean, 4th of July is a tough one. Uh, first of all, it's, you know, it, it doesn't, it, you know, it has, I guess it has meaning to a lot of people and it, it should for the country, but uh, for me, it's mostly uh, making sure my dogs don't just completely freak out. How'd they do? One of them is great. One of them actually likes sitting and watching the fireworks, the oh, other nice. one is a disaster. So
1: Which one's a disaster, uh, Baron?
2: Yeah, of course. It's rough. But I also am not like I, the people that, you know, complain about. How could you do fireworks when dogs hate them? Like, listen, do your fireworks. It's fine. I mean, maybe we should cut them off at 1 30 in the morning. Like That's probably a good idea, and maybe just one day. But otherwise, I'm not going to complain that people do them.
1: I have no idea. On 4th uh, of July night, I was out cold. <laughs> not, not for the fireworks. I was there for the fireworks, but probably by midnight. I mean, I was out cold in a deep, deep sleep. I actually spent the 4th of July with a couple of f- friends over – at the house, near the pool. Big time! Big time! Not really. <laughs> um, and I'm, we have neighbors who shoot off the fireworks every year uh, in the street a couple of houses down, so I usually go out there just to watch to make sure my car doesn't go up or a rocket sure. doesn't shoot into the house. Um, I did make a suggestion to the uh, the small group that remained at uh, Casa de Cofield that I would take a speaker out front with a microphone and I would do 4th of July karaoke. hmm and see how long I could sing awful songs before they came over and they're like, all right, you got you gotta stop. You're ruining the whole friggin' thing.
2: So you think you're saying the you're saying the people that are setting off fireworks would well, then complain about you singing.
1: Yes. Yes. Like, yes. They're no, endangering no, the neighborhood. Uh but my singing would have driven them freaking batty. So I actually just I sat in the backyard, cranked the speakers, and uh I had some good ones. That's some good ones. Were you
2: doing? Were you doing themed, like a Fourth of July theme? Of course, of course. Okay,
1: yeah. I did that new Toby Keith song, which is very bitter and angry about Happy Birthday America. You got to listen to that one. It's very angry. Uh, I did okay. uh, as I played on Friday. The Vast Sound crew gets all our stuff wow. for us, so wow. I made sure to I made sure to play Band in the USA by Two Live Crew. I Sang that a little bit. Of course, Neil Diamond, America, America. Yeah. So all the classics.
2: I mean, yeah, you've got to, if you're going to do karaoke on Fourth of July, you've yeah. got to go uh, in that direction. Now, I don't think you can do Born in the USA because people do treat that as American. And by the way, every single fireworks show I saw, which is like four of them for some reason, all included that in like the theme. Yeah. Like, the, people still, I mean, I know this is an old bit, but I think, aren't we to a point it's such a bit and a, such a gimmick, like everybody knows about this that we sh- shouldn't be doing it anymore or like i don't, I don't even understand. Nah, people, don't,
1: people don't know and people who do know it is american right it's, yeah, a, it's sure. a song about descent so it is it is good for the fourth yeah. of july
2: you I'm play what you it. want no I'm, I'm with it i just like it, it seems like people do it unironically and you're like i i don't think you understand what you're doing
1: yeah did you uh did you get a view of the Walmart in Texas that broke out with the National Anthem? Here's what it sounded like towards the end. It's just a bunch of people standing around, hand over hearts. Uh, do what you want. I got to tell you, I would have trouble with this because when I go to the grocery store or wherever, Walmart, I am in and out. And I, I wonder if I had gone crashing through this group if I would have just been beaten down to a pulp. <laughs> behind shooting the video at the uh, texas walmart so good time for everybody
2: but i think you're getting at the point here like the problem is hey do that nobody cares if you do that that's awesome it's a cool moment it's a good video it's great but also don't be mad at the people that are like in a huge hurry and are running through and are like hey i don't have time for this like i'm here to get something and get the (laughs) heck out of here but then you know people would be like no, American, don't love to salt Like, no, I'm I'm gonna hurry. Oh, Why? Adam,
1: I had to make a run quickly to the grocery store, like last minute. I forgot some stuff, uh, and of course, I didn't need it. I always uh, overdo it. Um, but yeah, I would have been, I would have been out of my mind. I would have, I don't know what I would have done. I would, I guess you go to the garden section at that point and hope it's still, you know, I hope they have it open.
2: Sure. Which well, they often heard... do. Which is was my secret. Open the garden register. It's true. And. And for, so you can park way over there, too. Oh, to yep. Keep the, oh, parking, keep the no car away from somewhere. all the
1: door, the door dings and everything sure. else. And, and uh, yeah, I, I tell you, I could go on a whole parking rant. I do. I, I will say I found it going out and shopping this week, and I found it amazing how people will resist walking an extra hundred feet to squeeze their car in wherever. I, I watched multiple people do it. Like I watched the guy trying to back up. It was at like the Home Depot. There's a spot, six spots down. And the guy's, he's backing in like a dually pickup truck. He can't drive to save his ass. And it's taking him forever to back up. Like, just drive up four more spots. Pull forward. Your car, your truck's going to be forward in the spot. I'm like, all this effort, it's 38 feet to walk.
2: I mean, I'm totally with you, but here's the other dilemma that I've noticed, which is it's a tough one. What about when you're with somebody that is doing that?
1: Uh, parking Would close you, or park, parking far away?
2: No, you're the passenger and it's somebody that's trying to jam their car in instead of just taking an easier spot three or four away.
1: What do you do? You just sit there or you speak up?
2: I mean, I feel like it's your responsibility to speak up, but yeah. at the same time, like if you're not driving, you're not supposed to really get involved, but you're just like, really? Really? It takes longer
1: to find the spot and park than just go to a further spot and walk. I have the opposite problem in my driving experience because I drive most of the time with the SO, and I am always park far away guy, and she gripes every time, and my line back to her, and it's not, this is not a dig on her, it's, a, it's really just a, it's a dig on me. I'm like, this is the only exercise we get. And she's like, stop saying that, that's so stupid. I'm like, well, my car is free of door dings, yours is not. So whose plan is
2: working? Uh yeah, for sure. Now it, it's also have you done the move that we're just it's it's hey, it's a rant about parking lot. Yes, it's NBA F- 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 finals day. Let's I, talk about parking lots. But have you have you experienced where you're with somebody and they park kind of far away cuz so they got no spots and then as they start walking there's a spot closer. Oh, yeah. Like, ah, I'm going to move the car up here. Really? Oh yeah. Now. Like what what are you doing?
1: I think my favorite is when I do execute properly as park far away guy, there's another park far away guy who wants to park right
2: next to me. Sure. And I, I will time. tell you,
1: every time under my breath, I'm like, son of a...
2: Well, I'm, I'm always roof of the parking garage guy because it's, yep. it's almost always clear. But then you, like, sometimes you'll park on the roof, you'll be all by yourself with, like, 30 spots around you, and then one person pulls in and parks right next to you. Of course. Of course. Like, what are you doing? hmm
1: I know, I know. You know, this is all going to be easier when there's a train. I guess we were talking about parking, but uh, we will get to the uh, plot of land, maybe one of the A's, potential plots of land that has been purchased. Uh, That's coming up in the 3 o'clock hour, NBA Finals. we got a lot to break down uh, with the Bucs and the Suns. That's going to be right here with pregame going at 5 o'clock in ESPN Las Vegas. But you know, the first show after 4th of July, Adam Hill and Steve Cofield. Yes, I will go third person, of course. Of course, the biggest sporting event of the weekend is going to be broken down. He did it again. He did yeah. it again. And you know, while we've complained about the promoters' issues of not bringing in all the best eaters, I'm not sure that anyone on the face of the earth could be brought in. The challenge chestnut that felt as like sons and four as the sons and four did. Yeah. It was so I mean, it, foregone the conclusion of this thing. Uh, did you notice a weird vibe after Chestnut finished with seventy six?
2: Um, well, I mean, I tried to if, if, with whatever wow. broadcast I could watch. Uh, that was a problem, <laughs> sure. Um, but no, I, I mean, you're right. It was it was a coronation, not a competition. Yeah, uh, as it often is. Um, but no, I didn't, I didn't. I thought he was. I mean, I thought he was more uh, sluggish than usual. I thought it weighed yeah, on him a little yeah, bit.
1: He's, that, well, that's what I thought. I thought he looked kind of. I don't know about miserable, but it was. It almost had a feeling like you know. I think I've done this long enough. Maybe it's time to
2: walk. I don't know. It, we'll see. What, you know, it's tough to like, go another out on another town. year. It is, but, and and it's not even. It's not even like somebody's catching up to him. Like you know, no. is okay, but you know, he, he still has plenty of room. And for those, you know, I, I know the, you know, 14 out of 15, you know, narrative is awesome. Like, there is a reason, you know, that 2015 competition, uh, you know, Matt Stoney gets the win. And it's because, you know, Chestnut was heartbroken. He was he was in a That's tough right. spot. He was yeah. mentally broken. Uh, had a, you know, after the 14 competition, he proposed to the girl. They broke up before the 15 competition. He, he couldn't get it together. And, you know, he had his worst performance in, the second-place person at their best, and, and Matt Stoney ends up winning. But I don't think that happens again until Chestnut decides well, to hang it up. I mean, what do you say all
1: the time about work and relationships, right? As soon as you get married and potentially have kids, you just can't match the single sure. athlete, the single worker. People hate that. Uh, but you can't. And, I mean, I saw it. Did you see uh, One More Bite? Our buddy was on Friday. He's on with his wife. She was eating in the contest. She actually in the women's field. Uh, Sarah finished second, but, uh, Juan Rodriguez, I think at the sight of his ex Mickey in front of the stage, Mickey Sudo, he, I mean, he did, he did okay at 30, he finished ninth solid, but I felt kind of bad for him. I'm sure he noticed her there.
2: You think her presence broke him?
1: I don't think it broke him, but I think he could have, I think he could have done a little bit better. So yeah, the TMZ
2: of competitive eating Cofield and company. You think that she was standing there just like, you know, that I can eat more than you.
1: The funny thing is she can. I know. She's a monster. She was out because of a pregnancy. Uh, Michelle Lesko did real well. So, Uh, yeah, we'll get into the TV coverage uh, of it. That was kind of a disaster. Uh, Some of the gambling elements of it, we'll talk to Sam Paniatovic in our 4 o'clock hour. But he did it. Chestnut did it. Uh, it is a 4th of July tradition. He did 76, and I thought the uh, the crowd and the atmosphere was awesome. And we'll play a little George Shay later on. That guy is getting, he's the town crier. He's the host of the whole thing. He is getting crazier as he gets older. His opens are so freaking long. So we got a ton of news to get to today. we got some baseball coming up with Dave Koch and Adam Hill is in uh, here and there throughout the show. A lot of good guest spots. And, you know, next hour, next hour, we're going to introduce you to our uh, newest co-worker, brand new host here at Lotus Broadcasting.
0: Have something to say? Tweet at Steve Gofield or call 702 364 1100 now. Now, back to Cofield and Company.
2: You are hearing unofficially 76 hot dogs and buns for Joey Chestnut, which, if confirmed, would be yet another world record. Amen.
1: Nothing more American than uh, Joey Chestnut dominating the hot dog contest uh, against a bunch of Americans. Good stuff. Good stuff. He eats 76. Is he going to walk away? Well, uh, speculation will begin. Very exciting times in the world of competitive eating. Very exciting times. Adam Hill is with us. NBA Finals tonight. I feel like after talking to you last week that... If you have a rooting interest in this series, and again, we don't know if Giannis is good to go or not, upgraded to questionable, I feel like after talking to you last week about CP3, that you may have a slight rooting interest behind the Bucks. My way off on that?
2: Um, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I've always liked Giannis, for one thing. Uh, Chris Paul does bother me and annoy me at times, so that kind of makes it a little bit easier. Uh, the Suns do have a lot of fun stories. I mean, you know, Suns and Four guy, and then the... Um, you know the the groupie girl with all of her claims about the team, which are oh, hilarious too. Is that oh, is that yeah. terrible? Uh, I mean, she said that she's covered the entire starting lineup. Oh, stop! <laughs> really? Like, yeah. At one time, by the wow, way, that, that f- was a, a good story. Wait, um, it's out there. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's out there. It's good stuff. Uh, I mean, those stories are fun, but I do like Giannis and. I have a soft spot for the Bucks going back. I mean, I yeah, you know, I think I've talked about my favorite player, uh, you know, through high school and and kind of in that era was Glenn Robinson. I I was obsessed with him. I wore 13 in high school because because of Glenn Robinson, and I so I liked the Bucks back then. Um, so I have a little bit of affinity, I suppose, but it's not like I'm going to be sitting in front of the TV like you know cheering like crazy for the Bucks. Like I, you know, I'd kind of like to see them win. Um, I'd kind of like to see Giannis play because I think it, it's exciting to have the stars around. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm leaning in that direction, I suppose. But nothing uh, over the top.
1: Chris Paul plus 140 for MVP. Devin Booker plus 275. Giannis plus 350. Middleton seven. Anyone else worth playing? Drew Holiday, DeAndre Aiden?
2: <sighs> Probably not. I don't think we're gonna have somebody come from out of nowhere. It seems like it's going to be you know top of the top end guys.
1: Well, Chris Paul has a a massive advantage. Uh, one, the Suns are favored. Secondly, um, he'd have to be just overwhelmed by say Booker. Yeah. To not be the sentimental choice.
2: Well, yeah, somebody that's been around for that long, playing in his first finals, uh, you would imagine his numbers against the Bucks have been really good. So you'd imagine it continue to be that way. Uh, in the in the series, I you know I, I think that would make a lot of sense and and you know if if it's close, it's probably going that way. So you've got that advantage there too. I mean, you can start breaking things down and say, well, if Giannis doesn't go, the only way the Bucks win is if Middleton just goes off. So maybe that makes a lot of sense there. I I, I mean, it's going to be I think one of the one of the big name people.
1: Man, I feel like we're hearing more and more if CP3 wins his first title. That it's got the asterisk because of the path he's had to take. I mean, it I know we talked as, about it last week. It's it's facts. It's malicious right. facts. I yeah. joke about the malicious part. They're facts.
2: And, uh, you know, uh, JVT pointed out last night because everybody talks about the obvious ones that went, you know, Anthony Davis in the first round was out and LeBron, you know, wasn't necessarily 100%. Uh, then you go into the next round, Jamal Murray's out. Then you go into the next round. Kawhi Leonard's out, and how you go to this round? Giannis might not play, but it's also like you know Porter got hurt in that series too. Like you know, it's it's been even other guys beyond just the stars from every team that they've played. Um, Asterisk probably isn't right because I don't you know it's not like a shortened season anything like that. Um, Well, it is, but you know it's not because of that reason. (laughs) It's not a shortened playoffs, right? Uh, But it's you know, and it's not a bubble like it was last year. But it'll be remembered. I think historically it'll be a footnote and and you'll have to think about it. I think you'll look back and be like, wow, it was like all the same teams always winning. Then, wait, where did the Suns come from? Well, that was the year that every single player that was a star got hurt (laughs) against them. And, you know, know, you'll remember that. But the people that, you know, are are more casual fans and just kind of looking back through history will just notice it and say, hey, great run by the Suns. Nice, nice job.
1: Does this one change your rooting interest? You know that there's a, a football player on each side that could actually win an NBA championship ring? NFL player?
2: Sure. Uh your guy. Who's my who's guy? On a mental, who's on a mental break? A Rod. Uh Aaron Rodgers or A Rodge. There's only
1: one A Rod. True. Please. A Rodge. Aaron Rodgers and uh LaFitz, Larry Fitzgerald, both with ownership stakes.
2: Uh, so I guess I'd rather see Larry Fitzgerald win. He's a very good dude. Yeah. Not that a Rodge isn't.
1: Well, I thought you were becoming a, a bigger Aaron Rodgers fan with his uh his labor pushback here.
2: I mean, I'm in and out. He's not. He's not being vocal enough for me. But we'll see how he plays it out.
1: Well, he's trying to work the per- uh, he's trying to walk the perfect line, right?
2: He's trying. We'll see how that how that plays out for him. I don't. I don't know how it's going to go. I mean, I'm very interested in following the story and seeing how it goes, but um, I'd really like him to just go scorched earth. Maybe he will if he gets a ring. If he gets that ring that he's looking for, maybe, maybe he'll be able to be freer.
1: The uh, the match is going to start up here. The, uh, the Big Bryce, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson. I mean, this one's easy. You're rooting for Rodgers in this, right? Come on. Yeah, this you're is not rooting for Phil after his stupid
2: Detroit stuff last week. Of course not. No, this this one's easy. This yeah. is no doubt. Local
1: paper wrote a story about Phil Mickelson being a degenerate gambler and getting crushed by a uh, bookie years back, a Detroit area bookie. And uh, Mickelson pulled out of the tournament, and then his agent basically said it was a hit piece and unnecessary. And Phil made made the suggestion, like, "I'm doing you folks a favor by coming here."
2: Like, yeah. All right, bro. Didn't you didn't you just use the phrase malicious facts? Right, exactly. <laughs> it's it sucks. Truth hurts. Uh, that's a expression for a reason.
1: Yeah. So Brady and Mickelson, um Brady took some jabs at Rogers, and it, it actually put Rogers on his heels a little bit. Brady said of Rogers, he's unhappy with his boss and he has no options. <laughs>
2: I mean, again, well, he, the thing is he does have options, though. Now, if you want to say he doesn't have options in terms of football if they don't want to trade him, right. that's fine. He has options. He's got plenty of options. That's part of the issue here. He can go just do whatever he wants, host Jeopardy, or, or do nothing.
1: Again, Brady said, I'll repeat it one more time, he's unhappy with his boss and has no options. A uh, On his heels, Rodgers recovered pretty quickly by saying, That's a projection, Tom. I've never said I'm unhappy with my boss, which is exactly what you were just saying two minutes ago about a lack of clarity with Rodgers and what he's really unhappy about.
2: Well, people. That's what it was, was right? It was people. People make people. people. Yeah, people. And then there's people that make the people people. And you don't understand people. Like, that was what he was saying in that interview. And then after it happened, people were like, whoa, Aaron Rodgers speaks out and he comes out swinging. Like, did he? What did he say? And he still won't say anything.
1: All right, we're going to track the match as it goes along. Like I said, it's uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Aaron Rodgers. They're the favorite at 150. And uh, Mickelson and Brady are on the other side. We're about 20 minutes away from a baseball conversation with uh, Dave Cochran. we was check in with him early in the week. We'll get to uh, Dave's take on the uh, Tuesday betting in baseball. This part of the show is brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. You may not need an attorney today or even tomorrow, but when the situation comes up, that's the time you need someone you can trust. Our guy here on Cofield & Company is Justin Watkins. He's been with us for nine-plus years. Why? Because we trust him. Trust, 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 right? It's really important. Battleborn Injury Lawyers cares about getting you the best compensation for your injuries. Get that number in the phone if you get into an accident. They're Johnny on the spot. If you need legal advice, same thing. Call Justin Watkins, Matt Hoffman, 570-9000. It's 570 900 Battleborn Injury Lawyers.
0: Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. Coalfield and Company, live from the Finley Toyota Studio.
1: The nine home runs he's given up, Cole, since they've been checking, I wonder if, if, how many have been on breaking balls. Here's Dom Smith, three hits yesterday after two home runs in the last game in Atlanta. And that curveball hit in the air to deep right field. Back goes Judge near the wall, and... It's out of here! Dom Smith with a Yankee Stadium special dumps it in the second row. And Dom Smith, red hot now, gives the Mets a 1 0 lead.
2: Y-A-M-A-D-E-S.
1: Oh boy, this song used to instill fear in the opposition. Now people are just laughing at them. Yankees, a uh, rough weekend, that was from a couple of days ago. In that uh, Mets-Yankees Subway Series, Adam Hill, Garrett Cole knocked around again. Sticky stuff. Ban goes into effect. Post sticky stuff ban. His ERA is around four five seven. Before that, it was under one eight. Uh, Aralys Chapman is all over the freaking place now. You're starting to see it across baseball. Certain pitchers have just hit the hit the wall, and it's not like you know Cole's not giving up. His ERA is a nine, but there are certain pitches, and this was what was told to us by you know different people around baseball that there are certain pitches that, you know, the sticky stuff actually helped dudes on, especially the four seamer and off speed pitches. And there's certain pitchers out there, Lucas Giolito being another one. Josh Donaldson called him out. Apparently, Donaldson a uh, 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 him in the parking lot. I'm not sure. I believe that part, um, <laughs> but he called him out. You know, was walking off the field after a home run. He's like, "No sticky stuff. No sticky stuff." It kind of looks like it's taken hold in several situations.
2: Yeah, it does. And and I think, it, listen, it's still a short sample size, so I don't want to get, you know, too crazy and say it's a, a guarantee that that's what we're seeing, but it certainly seems that way. And I think the bigger indictment, and, and this is something that I haven't studied, I haven't looked into it, it's possible to do with fan graphs and everything else that's out there in terms of uh, some of the sites. But uh, from listening to some of the announcers, and I'm trying to watch a lot of local broadcasts right now, uh, to pick up on what they're talking about but they they have really noted the change of pitching patterns from some of the pitchers and how different they are pitching now than they were before the ban went into effect and that is just a huge indictment if you like listen again you could say well i've just i've just had a couple of bad starts and the ERA looks ugly that's fine um even even a spin rate thing i i guess you could start making the you know some comparison like hey short sample size i just haven't had it the last couple of starts you can make those arguments but if you've completely changed your approach and how you're pitching in these last couple of starts based on you know the fact we would think that you can't have access to the same materials like that is a huge indictment of where you are because you just know like hey those same pitches aren't going to work i have to change how i approach a hitter uh that's pretty bad
1: yeah it's and it's the last thing the yankees need Um, they're not very good. They're 42 and 41. They actually have a minus 11 run differential over the last five years. I think they were the leading run scoring team in all of baseball. Uh, They've now lost seven of nine. They're five and a half out uh, behind the second wild card spot. Um, Right now, pace, uh, records, however you compute it, right? It'll take 95 wins just to make the AL postseason, because the two wildcard teams are very good in the A's and the Rays, so the Yankees would have to go 53-26 and 26 the rest of the way, which I guess they could do, but not if Garrett Cole's not right. Now, you know, the even worse situation, because this is real life and it's gross if it's uh, if it's all true, Trevor Bowery ain't coming back anytime soon. Now, I don't know if that means another week. Uh, I don't know if that means, you know, multiple weeks. But he ain't coming back soon, and, like, the Dodgers are a super team, but one thing they lack this year, and this is going to sound crazy, they've built a lot of their success on the fact that they've had eight and nine starters to turn to for depth throughout the season. You don't have to uh, overtax a lot of the guys at the back end. Well, I mean, you, you take Trevor Bauer out of the top right now because of all the other injuries. You know, Dustin May went down because of all the other injuries. You know, Alex Wood's not around anymore. They really don't have a whole lot of depth. They had a game on Sunday. They used eight pitchers. I guess right. David Price could stretch out. Gonsolin's going today. But the Bauer thing, and you know, we'll get into more of the legal stuff tomorrow with our uh, ESPN Las Vegas legal insider, Justin Watkins. The Bauer thing, while I don't think it's going to completely derail the Dodgers, it's going to make it really tough the rest of the way. And guess what? The rest of baseball knows that if the Dodgers reach out to get pitching, <laughs> they're going to have to pay. Someone should hold their feet to the fire
2: what will they I mean I, I agree with you that's how it should work out and people should say hey we know how bad you need this we're not going to be the ones but then somebody out there is going to be like oh we'll take whatever you're going to give us to, to give up a, uh, a pitcher for you like it's going to happen
1: you know on Bauer it's interesting I don't know if you read Dylan Hernandez much but he's he's really good in the LA Times and uh you know he threw it back up there um uh, a story that he wrote when they signed Bauer that he was a bad signing, that he didn't fit the culture of the club, that he'd had so many publicized but yet lately publicized incidents in the past that it wasn't a match. Now, no one could have imagined this happening unless, hey, maybe, maybe I don't, I haven't, have you heard anyone say, hey, this, this was some of the stuff that, like, people knew but publicly didn't know?
2: No, not, not really. This, this seems like it came from, I mean, this is, again, Things happening with Trevor Bauer and around Trevor Bauer are not surprising. This in particular, um, you know, probably came from a little bit out of nowhere uh, for them. But you never know if, if there was stories out there, rumors out there. That's part of doing your due diligence on bringing the guy yep. in and, and spending, the, investing that much money in them.
1: Well, Dylan Hernandez said a rudimentary uh, Google search should have shown the Dodgers what they were in for. Uh, Bowers had a track record of embarrassing himself as and his employers, uh, like when he harassed women online, or mocked transgender people, or spread anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. Uh, he says, "None, you know, none of it means that you know that this was happening, but it sounds arrogant." But from the organization that you know has built everything around the legacy of Jackie Robinson, maybe they did get a little bit too desperate. Now I'm not I'm not one to I didn't say it at the time so and, I, and as of like ten days ago I was screaming the Yankees should have got Trevor Bauer <laughs> and uh, and blocked the Dodgers from getting him but this has blown up in their face and I don't know man I, I would I could sit here and say maybe this will all be cleared up soon I don't see how
2: yeah I mean it, there's you know I know that there's claims from his side that it could be resolved very quickly um, and that there's nothing to it but. It, it seems like if that was the case, maybe we've already seen that happen in this evidence that they're talking about would have already uh, maybe come to light in the investigation. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a, a really troubling situation that I don't think people know enough about. And then I think that's why uh, you have to kind of wait it out and see how, you know, the details start to emerge when they're, you know, when both sides are out there.
1: And you would think the next week or so would be really telling if this is something he's done before. Yeah. If someone else comes forward or someone else's, someone's, I guess, um, more people come forward, you know, like happened with Deshaun Watson.
2: Yeah. And, and, but even in that case, like we still, we're still waiting on, you know, a lot of resolution, a lot of final details, and we don't know all of the all the information that's been going on for months. So it's, you know, the, the, the baseball element is obviously the least important, but, uh, for our purposes in the conversation, yeah, the Dodgers probably have a long wait ahead of them uh, to find out exactly what's going to happen. And it's not a great time uh, for that to happen. But again, that's not, I'm not saying that's the most important part here. But um, in terms of the baseball thing, to have it happen at this point of the season when you're already kind of shorthanded a little bit is pretty brutal for them.
1: We got Dave Koken on the way. He's going to break down the baseball board and uh, look at Major League Baseball at the halfway point and uh, who to fade and who to jump on. In the second half, we got NBA basketball coming up. Game one of the finals tonight, right here on ESPN Las Vegas. We'll go to the pregame at 5 o'clock. And like I said, uh, the rest of the time that we're on the air, we'll also track what's going on with this uh, match that involves Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady playing golf in Montana.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. You're listening to Cofield & Company. Cofield field company
1: on this tuesday time to check in with uh, dave Coken. normally joins us on monday but yesterday uh, a holiday at lotus broadcasting dave how was your weekend did you uh, avoid all the fireworks
0: yeah uh, i did watch some of the fireworks uh, from my balcony which was cool yeah i like the, the professionally done fireworks are fine the neighborhood fireworks are stupid yes uh <laughs> well they are uh yeah. and well, they're dangerous too people, yeah they are yeah. uh no, I, my weekend wasn't great because uh, I've been doing really well with my golf, uh, but I lost the playoff on oh, an outright no. bet on Joaquin Neiman. So that was – guy played 72 holes without a bogey and then bogeyed the 73rd hole. Oh, oh well.
1: That's rough. Well – uh, I'll joke that, hey, there's guaranteed money out there today, but we know it's not guaranteed. Today is DeGrom Day. Uh, we you know we do this every five, six days or so, and DeGrom's 270 today against the Brew Crew. I think it's a very interesting spot. Yes, DeGrom is awesome, but he has been hit a little more lately, and the Brewers are really good, Dave. They've won
0: 10 at 12. Yeah, they've been hitting the ball a little bit, too, which is not what the Brewers usually do, and I think that's... A regression waiting to happen. This just isn't a very good lineup. And I would look for DeGrom to be very good tonight uh, against this team. I'm not laying 270 or whatever it is, but I, I don't want any part of the dog here. They should be able to hit Anderson. And the Mets continue to be really good at home. I mean, they've been a tremendous team in Queens this season.
1: Dave, what do you tell casual betters? I know you're pretty blunt about this stuff, but I think on DeGrom, a lot of people are like, hey, he's so good, I'm going to fire on the run line.
0: Our run line just stupid. I'm not a big fan of them because the team's happy if they can get one run, a right. uh, one run win. And it can be worth doing if you're getting a, a decent price, but they're not really getting one here. They're still a big favorite as far as that's concerned as well. Look, I mean, to me, if you're going to play the Mets, if you insist on playing DeGrom here, which I don't argue against, find another team and play a two team parlay. At least you reduce your risk and you can get, you know, maybe even money or somewhere in that. Neighborhood is on the return. Find another good-sized favorite that you think is uh, in good shape tonight and go that way.
1: And as Dave said, the Brewers just have not hit this year, even though they've got a really good record. They're uh, they're only hitting two twenty-two on the year. Let's stick with the Mets and the division. I know you're not a division futures player, but I was looking at some of the numbers. This Mets team, I think, is overachieved. Um, now they've been beat up, so maybe there's still some upside here. I still feel like the Braves or the Nats are going to get on a run and be able to finish with... You know, somewhere, whatever, 86, 87, 88 wins. Should I have confidence in the Nats or the Braves or just stay away from both?
0: I don't know what to make of Atlanta. They've really underachieved this season, and I'm not sure it's it's ever going to come together for them. Um, The other team's interesting, the Nationals. I think they've feasted on some weak competition lately, but they've built their confidence in doing so. And we know from past experience, this is not a team that sells at the the deadline. If they are even remotely in the hunt, they're going to go out and get somebody. So all the talk about, well, where's Scherzer going to end up? I think he's going to end up right where he is, at least for the foreseeable future. And I would not be surprised if they go out and add another piece or two. Um, That's the Nationals' way. They're an organization that plays to win. So I think Washington's very much in this race.
1: Patchwork pitching probably tonight for the Nats, unless Fetty's back. Uh, What do we do at San Diego? Minus 180. Weathers on the mound.
0: Yeah, uh, good reports on Weathers. I think he's going to pitch well tonight, and I would expect the Padres to win. So that might be the other team to put in the uh, the money line parlay, if you're so disposed. It's not something I'm doing. But if you're so disposed, maybe a Mets and Padres parlay.
1: Well, it's a sick way to put it, but the Pods actually have to feel pretty good about what's going to happen in the second half of the season. I have no idea now with the Dodgers. I'm guessing they're going to go get help, but for now... Uh, for the foreseeable future, maybe the rest of the season, no Trevor Bauer. How much do you fade the Dodgers, especially in these spots where they need a fourth and
0: fifth starter? I think it's a problem for them. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure they've got the arsenal of prospects to deal, and I think teams might play hardball with them because they're the defending champions. The Bauer thing, obviously from a personnel standpoint, it's not good for them. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder though... Um, you know, I'm not there, so I can't say whether it's accurate or not, but there were reports that he was not the most beloved guy in the Cleveland clubhouse. He's just not, he's not the most popular teammate in the world from what I gather. So maybe their chemistry might be better off without him. Uh, I've heard, I heard some things that, and again, I, I, I don't know how much truth there is to them, but I heard that there were problems off the field with Bauer in Cleveland as well.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's long had a reputation of uh, knucklehead publicly, and then if you're saying, hey, there's more stuff behind the scenes. Uh, tonight, Gonsolin's in there for the Dodgers. They're minus 130 against the Marlins. Uh, good price to jump on?
0: No, I, I don't think so. Papa Lopez is coming off a one-pitch start because he was ruled to have thrown at Acuna in his last start. I think it was the fifth time he'd hit him, so maybe there was something to that. They threw him out of the game. So he's going to come in very well-rested, and he's pitching well. Uh, He pitched pretty well against the Dodgers in L.A. I think he might do well here. And Gonsolin's not a distance guy. He's, you know, four innings. That's about it. They go to the bullpen after that. And they didn't get much length out of Bueller last night. Um, I, I would not be shocked if the Marlins win this game. And they're kind of live at that price.
1: Well, we've been talking about the Yankees uh, just about every week because they're underachieving. They're not doing what they were supposed to do. And, you know, weeks ago, you and I started talking about the spin rate and the sticky stuff and what would happen to some of the pitchers out there. And there were guys who maybe we need to fade. And uh, to this point, again, I know you keep saying short sample. We're now looking at about six or seven starts for Garrett Cole, ERA, you know, 137 before the sticky stuff ban. Since then, it's 447. And the Yankees have so many problems all over the field. Uh, they're, they're very right handed. Heavy and then you know coming up they got a freaking brutal schedule after the Mariners uh they're gonna have to play the Red Sox uh, first yep. what, like eight of the first ten out of the All Star break so they they may actually be sellers they they got they have to win these games in Seattle tonight it's Tyon and Sheffield and the Yankees are still a
0: very robust minus one sixty I, I think they they should be that tonight first of all they're facing a bad lefty in Sheffield who can't get the ball over the plate and. Uh, it was absolutely horrible in June. His OPS was over one. Um, and I, I got to think the best thing for the Yankees right now is to get as far away from New York city as possible. Yeah. And this is the longest trip out there for them. They're out in Seattle. Maybe it's a chance for them to just kind of play baseball and not have the glare of the media in the fans who are hardcore in New York city or very unhappy with the team right now. This might be a, a recipe for a little bit of a breakout for the Yankees. I think they they might do well tonight. I think they're going to put some runs up. Tyon has been completely unreliable, terrible on the road. So you might see a high-scoring game tonight in Seattle. We've seen some
1: players moved, uh, like Corey Dickerson, Marlins to the Blue Jays, uh, Alcides Escobar, good player but can't stay healthy, Royals to the Nats. What would you do? You're Seattle, you're 45-40, and 40, you're 3.5 out of the wild card. You're you're. I think the results are surprising. I think we all admit that, especially yeah. with the, the way they're hitting. Do you build around a guy like Mitch Haniger, or do you get max value now? Cause he's got 18 homers and 47 ribs.
0: No, I, I don't think I, if I'm Seattle, I'm not doing anything. I want to hold on to the guys I've got. I'm not going to try and trade my way uh, into the playoffs because they're 45 and 40 is as phony as it gets. Their OPB is really uh, on base percentage is really low. Uh, they've had a phenomenal record in one run and extra rating games that figures to be, Uh, an area where they have some regression after the All-Star break. I don't want to deal any prospects if I'm Seattle because they've got some really good young talent on the way. Uh, On the other hand, um, I'm not buying. So to me, you just stand pat. Maybe you get lucky. See where you are at the deadline. I mean, if they're still real close to the deadline, well, maybe you take a a shot at some small change additions and see what you can do there. But for the Mariners, their best days are ahead of them, and their best days look to be – getting close. I mean, this team, within the next two or three years, is going to be a really good baseball team.
1: Yep. All those outfielders and hitters come up, you know, mature in a couple of years. Uh, Blue Jays obviously have some guys who've arrived. I mean, Vladdy Jr. is just ridiculous. Now, there's some upside with the Jays beyond this because they could be allowed to go back to Toronto soon. We'll see what happens there. But they already bought Dickerson Uh, tonight. They're minus 190. You got Mats going against the Orioles.
0: Yeah, I don't trust Mats, who wasn't good in his first start off the injured list. And... I don't know. I've never been a Stephen Matz guy. There's times when he looks like he's a world beater, and then the next two or three games, he'll give up four or five runs. And the Orioles actually playing pretty good ball a little of late. I mean, they had that great series against Houston. They're showing some life. They didn't play badly against the Angels. Uh, I don't think I'd want to lay that kind of a price, but the Baltimore offense isn't good enough to stay with the Toronto offense So the Blue Jays do figure to win the game, but not at minus 190, not for me.
1: That's our buddy Dave Koken, DC and the Sunshine Man podcast with myself on Friday nights at 1030 all over social media. And then you can see him every day, just about every day, at wagertalk.com, giving out his uh, tips and leans and likes. Let's close on this one. I don't think the Cardinals are going to come out of this in the second half. I think they are what they are, which is around a 500 team. And tonight... You tell me, is this one uh, a little underpriced on the San Fran side? Wainwright and Cueto, uh, Cardinals and Giants, and the cards are plus
0: 120. I don't think it's overpriced or underpriced because of the fact that Wainwright, at the age of 39, has found some kind of a fountain of youth lately. He is on fire for the Cardinals. He had been a guy where you play on him at home and against him on the road, but all of a sudden he's pitching well everywhere. And until Wainwright falls off, whatever, Ryan, he's on right now. I don't think I want to go against him. Cueto has been much better at home on the road. So you might get a pitcher's duel in San Francisco tonight. I might give consideration to the under in the first five innings there.
1: Dave, good job. We'll check in with you soon, okay? All right. Sounds good. There he is, Dave Koken. WagerTalk.com is where you can find Dave every single day. Good 3 o'clock hour coming up as we'll have Q Myers in studio. Yep, Q was doing a show in Waco. And we'll tell you more about Q and his move to Las Vegas. He's our newest co-worker.
0: Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews.